Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to episode number 91 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry with me. I have Dustin Galker with me. I also have Adam Candy. That is with two E's and no Y, of course. If you want to follow those guys on the Twitter machine, that's how you get to Adam Candy. His name, Adam Candy. That's how you get to Dustin Galker at Dustin Galker. I'm a little weirder, but I don't suggest following me anyway at Matt Brown. M2. If you're listening to this on the website, if you want to get this delivered to your phone each and every time that we post one, of course, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google, you can go in, subscribe. And while you're there, if you want to give us a rate and review, that would be awesome as well. We'll do the quick hits about the states. We're getting numbers, we're getting revenue, we're getting things like that. So we'll update you uh, down the list on how that all goes. We have some BetMGM news as well. We've got Barstool uh, getting one of the traditional sports books here in Nevada kind of riled up about something. We'll talk about our friends up there, not Julian, of course, but we'll talk about our Canadian friends as well in the sports betting world. And then we'll also hit on New Jersey's. But let's let's start with the, the numbers we're starting to get here rolling through. We're finally getting, you know, all of the Super Bowl numbers uh, for the final tally here from all the states and Dustin. Uh, we knew it was going to be huge. We knew it was going to be big. We knew that this was going to be a number that we looked and said, wow, I mean, during a pandemic and, you know, there's really limited over the counter stuff as well. Uh, pretty big number here. Yeah, we're, we're it's interesting because states really love to report just the Super Bowl numbers. Not sure why, because sometimes <laughs> we're lagging two months behind on some of the actual numbers from a given month. But a bunch of states, for whatever reason, love to just put out the Super Bowl numbers. So we have a lot of them. We're, we're approaching half a billion dollars in, in what we know is wagered in legal markets across the United States. The, the, the leader in that is still Nevada, which is no surprise. Uh, more than $136 million wagered in Nevada. New Jersey, not too far behind at about $117 million. So a lot of that in the two biggest markets for, for sports betting. And then you have, you know, a lot of that have opened up, you know, you have Illinois, Pennsylvania, et cetera, that have, you know, had pretty decent handle and, and a lot of action. But, you know, we, we know this is the biggest betting event of the year. This gives us some insight into what is going on in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, for me, it's interesting because Nevada has always been, again, top dog. People visit Nevada. Uh, this is down a little bit, again, because of the things that we talk about, people not visiting Nevada or casinos as much, but still did pretty brisk business on the, on the, on the Super Bowl people still going to casinos and, and betting on the Super Bowl, but New Jersey really kind of picked up as a, as a, as a Super Bowl betting, uh, market as well. They were kind of, they were kind of low last year. And I think we, we've kind of figured out oh, Nevada just kind of always has this market corner. They're always going to be the biggest for Super Bowl. And New Jersey really kind of started turning that around and did, did some brisk business on the Super Bowl brisker than they certainly did last year, uh, about 54 million again to 117 million this year. Adam, I don't think we will double this. So for me to say, hey, do you think next year we could hit a billion when it comes to Super Bowl betting? But we will have a much more mature Colorado market, Pennsylvania market, Illinois market. We'll have Louisiana joining the fray. We assume a couple of other states will be joining as well along the way. We'll have a much more mature Michigan market as well. We should get back, you know, knock on wood here, but we should get back, uh, you know, the, the over the counter stuff here in Vegas, but not only in Vegas, but, you know, Mississippi. 
Mississippi is basically over the counter always and things like that. So these uh, when people get back to traveling and it becomes a destination type thing, go spend a weekend at a casino to watch the Super Bowl and whatnot. I'm not going to say a billion. I'm not going to say it will double, but I bet you this time next year we're talking 700, 800 million. I think that that could maybe even be a conservative estimate here. I think it's going to matter which markets come on, Matt. I I could see where retail would add another 10% uh, to this because when we think about where the big retail bets are probably coming in, they're coming in in Nevada, and those big players are probably finding a way, even in this market, to still get their action down. I think that's why we saw Nevada's numbers uh, still pacing ahead of New Jersey and everyone else. But as you mentioned, there are some markets that will be more mature. Most importantly, I think Michigan uh, within those markets, Virginia as well, two places that were just barely getting going in time for the Super Bowl and that are going to have many more sportsbook options by the time we get to this point next year. Yeah, I'm I, I like I said, I don't think it'll double, but I think 700, 800 would be would be like a pretty solid guesstimate. I mean, Dustin, what do you if I would you think it's crazy if I were to say that? I don't think it's wild at all to think that it's, you know, like Adam says, I think it depends a lot on what markets open up. If we have big states come online, we have a bunch of states that we're looking at right now that if any number of those, we definitely are going to be pushing a billion. No, no question about it. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and it's, it's going to grow. It's going to, we're, we're seeing everything still growing. You know, the, mm-hmm. again, I say the New Jersey numbers, those, I think those grow fast, grew faster for the Super Bowl than we thought they would. So I, I look at these numbers and I say, yeah, we can, uh, I'm not going to bet, I guess, on a billion dollars based on what I know, but you know, this is, this is again, the biggest spending event in the United States. It's going to be going to keep growing. We actually get these numbers. So we're going to get a good idea of how much people love to bet on the Super Bowl in, in regulated markets. So we've got these revenue reports from the various uh, states out there. Got about five to hit on here. You guys can go to town on this. However, however you want to divvy this up. I'm not going to make anybody claim a state here, but uh, lots of updates to go with. I'll kick it off. I mean, we, yeah, we got, this was the, I guess the busiest, if you're reporting on industry sports betting numbers, which is obviously one of our core, core uh, things that we do. It was a busy day for Adam and company over at LSR because all of them dropped at the same time in the course of like two <laughs> hours. Uh, you know, the, the top line one, it continues to be New Jersey. Uh, they, they have huge amounts of money bet there uh, actually dropped a little bit, but you know, from December to January, we saw a little bit of a drop at almost 960 million bet in New Jersey. Jersey. That's still a large number. We usually see January drop back a little bit just because of a football season uh, wrapping up, going into you know the playoffs, just less less football games to bet on. But you know we had NBA you know, getting into full swing, college basketball still going on, so that helps make it up again. We've always compared it against the Nevada market where we see a pullback, not necessarily seeing a huge pullback in in these growing uh, sports betting markets across the United States. So top line, we almost, we're, we're not, maybe we'll get to a billion in handles sometime, maybe March madness in, for New Jersey, who knows? Um, but yeah, no, the lack of football betting is probably going to keep that from happening until we get into next year. But you know, big top line num- number in New Jersey there. I don't know if there's anything Adam wants to add on New Jersey before we move on to another state. No, I think you think you hit the key points there. And I think right next door in Pennsylvania, Dustin, uh, it was another record. Uh, Over $600 million in uh, money was wagered in January and uh, revenue held about the same. So betters did a little bit better in that month. Uh, What continues to be the story, though, is that the tax revenue ends up kind of looking the same in Pennsylvania as other places. It just gets there in a very different way uh, because we're looking at just the top four sports books 
uh, in that state have bonus, I think somewhere in the range of 17, 18 million dollars last month. And they're allowed to deduct that from their revenue. But then you're also taxing it at 36 percent, which is far and away the highest rate in the nation. So Pennsylvania is going to prove to be an interesting market. I mean, obviously it grew and Pennsylvania came on uh, what roughly a year later in terms of online than New Jersey. So in some ways, not really uh, totally at maturity yet in Pennsylvania, also because we're still having having iGaming really make its presence uh, in Pennsylvania the way that it has not uh, gone to full maturity quite yet. So, you know, Dustin, I think Pennsylvania probably still is ripe for a little more growth. Sure. And uh, and in not shocking news, uh, Barstool did not hold 20 percent of bets again in January. (laughs) I think I think I I read uh, much, much lower revenue back in line with what we'd expect to see uh, in in any market. Uh, Still number three behind DraftKings and FanDuel actually reverse that order, I think, in terms of which one's first. But um, still a, you know, a, a. Number three with a bullet, but not really challenging a uh, DraftKings or Fandle, at least in terms of handle. And again, revenue dropped off quite significantly at Barstool from the month. So uh, we are not in this fantasy world where Barstool is going to hold 20 percent of, of bets every month. Adam, what about Michigan? This is a uh, this is this is a state here that you just mentioned that I think that, you know, whenever we do look at Super Bowl numbers for next year, we said we were super, super bullish on this state. We were super, super bullish on not only just adding that amount of people, but again, it's a it's a state with, you know, a ton of different pro, got a ton of pro sports teams, got a ton of college teams. So it's a it is a sports state, no doubt about it. So we expect these guys to, to be real big players, probably in short order. Uh, not only sports. I mean, it has those teams because it has people. And we're looking at one of the dozen most populous states in the country in Michigan. So, uh, Matt, would it interest you if I told you that in 10 days in Michigan, uh, we had about one hundred and ten million dollars wagered? Uh, that seems to be a statement that there's an appetite in Michigan. Remember <laughs> that it was this time last year, actually in March, when retail sports books were allowed to open in Michigan. And then they were basically grand opening, grand closing uh, because they had to shut down about a week after they opened because of the coronavirus pandemic. So online sports betting is allowed before the uh, Super Bowl comes on and people go crazy for it in Michigan. Um, And maybe this will be a note that interests only me uh, from Michigan. (laughs) But if you've been paying attention to news outside of sports betting, you probably saw that Governor Rick Snyder, who was the one who vetoed the original bill that would have probably brought online sports betting to Michigan at least a year earlier, uh, was charged in the Flint water crisis. So just, you know, these are the type of people we're dealing with here. I, the other part about Michigan to me that's interesting is that we 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 made a big deal out of right this was uh, everybody starting on a level playing field so we got a sense of what was going on how much people are which brands are going to break through right because we you know mm-hmm. we've seen DraftKings and FanDuel establish early leads they had everybody basically was launching at the same time so we have a a good look at what happens when we have a, basically a, an equal footing FanDuel DraftKings Barstool BetMGM are one two three four uh, not much separating them in terms of handle. Uh, you know, we know a lot more spent on promotional credits uh, and, and by FanDuel and DraftKings as they try to acquire customers and continue selling their growth story. But it is interesting that we have the, this is basically the top four that we've noted in that order uh, in some in some ways. We'll talk about MGM a little bit more later, but um, it's it's interesting to see that. And then everybody else like way behind. It's not even like not even close. But points bet is a distant, distant fifth. Uh, Fox bet did not launch at, at the beginning. You could make a case there probably number 
number five once we see their numbers uh, in uh, come out of uh, February here. But we'll we'll see what what happens. But it's interesting to see these these are the four that we've identified in in recent months as as the top four, and that happened. That's how it shook out uh, in Michigan at launch. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I think the interesting thing from those numbers is that there's not a a huge, huge gap in handle. I mean, FanDuel with 32 million, then uh, the number four spot there in BetMGM with 22 million. So not a huge you know, gap between all those other ones with the DraftKings at 28 and Barstool at 27. So it will, I think there's definitely a fight to be had in Michigan, kind of as we predicted, right? That it wasn't just going to be de facto FanDuel and DraftKings and everybody else. I think that there will be an actual fight there for who, who, comes out, you know, one, two, three, and four, and we might actually see this thing kind of toggle all over the place, Adam. Without question. And it is a market that we kind of compared to what Colorado did, where everybody was starting, as we said, on the same footing at the same time. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. Um, you know, we're, as, as Dustin said, we're going to get into the MGM story a little bit as we go along here, but you can see the beginnings of the traction that MGM mm-hmm. is grabbing nationwide. Now they are spending a ton of money to get to that traction, but you know, they're coming from behind and coming to a place where it seems like they're making more of an impact. And if you go over to Illinois, uh, you see where an operator where we thought they were going to be a significant player is, but not nearly to the level where they thought they would be because of the rules change. So Illinois puts up nearly $500 million in handle. Now, mind you, we're comparing to December when we say Mm -hmm. 500 million, because apparently it takes longer than it does to bake one of those things they call a pizza in Chicago. (laughs) It's not a pizza uh, to get the numbers circulated. And those are the numbers from December. But what we saw was DraftKings, then FanDuel, then Bet Rivers in that order, all essentially with about 30%, give or take. Bet Rivers thought they were going to have a lot more of this market because there was not supposed to be remote registration. There has been remote registration pretty much since the beginning of the pandemic because of the executive order by Governor J.B. Pritzker. It's been renewed every 30 days. It's coming up for renewal again right before March Madness. I'll let you guess what you think might happen there. Uh, If J.B. Pritzker would really take in-person registration and put it back in right before March Madness, not going to happen. But Illinois certainly has shaken out a little differently than we expected because of the change in the rules. And Dustin, what about the Indiana again? One of the the states that was getting a little bit of a bump from being, you know, a, on an island there for a little bit. I mean, that didn't last very long, but it seems like we're still getting promising numbers out of Indiana. Yeah, again, still growing. Uh, you know, that December to January, we don't always expect more, but this is the market is still growing. Fifth straight month of of growth in terms of handle, up to almost three hundred and fifty million from three hundred and thirteen million in January. Uh, so yeah, it's a, you know we we, so we thought Indiana was benefiting a decent amount from Chicago, and it might have lost a little bit of what's going on in Chicago with Illinois opening up. But same time, still growing on its own, still benefiting from some other surrounding states and metropolitan areas without legal uh, options as well. Uh, here again, uh, we see in in the, the top three DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, DraftKings with a fairly sizable lead over uh, everyone else, MGM 
a pretty distant third. And then again, down to PointsBet and, and Rivers, other brands that are, are, are struggling to be uh, in the conversation for number four, number five, uh, no bar stool there yet. So yeah, I mean, everything's trending. You know, it was wild to see all these numbers come out in very short order. Uh, we got a really good picture of where things stand heading into 2021 uh, with where, with how, how much this is still growing, uh, you know, even in, in Indiana, which has been an open market for pretty, for more than a year now and is still growing pretty considerably. Adam, that was the rainbows and unicorns uh, part of the podcast where everything was rosy. We were talking about all the awesome things and the numbers and everything and the growth. And here we go. Let's talk about some shenanigans in Tennessee. Fill everybody in on what was going on there in Tennessee. I I believe shenanigans is a very (laughs) well-chosen word, uh, Mr. Brown. So if you didn't know anything else and you saw this bill pop up, you would say to yourself, why are we talking about this? But then you get into the story and you understand why. So a representative in Tennessee recently uh, filed a bill to ban being able to place sports wagers at the same place that you get. Uh, what, what will we call it? Uh, advance loans, payday loans uh, is really short the way term that, loans. Yeah, yeah short yeah, term, lo- short term, high yeah. interest uh, loans. Mm-hmm. And you say to yourself, "Okay, yeah, seems like some pretty good logic that you shouldn't be able to bet on sports at the same place you're taking out a 30 percent loan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And well, there's one sports book in Tennessee that offers you the ability to do that as of right now. Uh, There's a local book called Action 24-7. That essentially does give you the ability to do both of those things right now, because the primary business that Action 24-7 is involved in is in payday lending. And then they also were licensed by the state of Tennessee to open a sports book. Um, Now, what that same representative told our Matthew Waters was that he has someone ready to testify at a legislative hearing that his sports betting winnings were held by this company to pay off his payday loans. So essentially, they just decided, well, you know, these businesses are both uh, under the same umbrella. You right. owe us over here. You won over here. Yeah, we'll just take our cut and, and uh, then whatever's left might be able to go to you. Also came out yesterday in the Tennessee uh, lottery board meeting that apparently uh, at least one sports book had some accounts closed over concerns uh, about suspicious wagering. Uh, essentially that uh, one person might've had multiple accounts, might've been betting uh, on behalf of other people. So uh, Tennessee's got some things to clean up right now. And it's, uh, it's certainly things that are going to draw attention from elsewhere. And Dustin, you know, this was the state that whenever this all went down, we were talking about it. Look, they had not had any sort of casino gaming before. And so they were doing the all online model. They were kind of building everything from scratch there. And then kind of the odd licensing of this company we had never heard of and had to dig in and figure out why why is this company getting licensed? And we find out it's like some local bigwigs and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, listen, Tennessee is, is, is still a work in progress for sure. Yeah, I mean, look here, we're we're all in favor of local sports books and trying to usurp the the what the hierarchy of what's going on. There's no, there's no problem with a local sports book brand, but this brand is obviously there's some the ties are are it's 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 not great that we're doing this, that we're having this discussion about payday loans and paying sports books like maybe maybe I mean, yes, local sports books great, regional sports books great, but 
let's not do payday loans. Let's not have that. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's stay away from that. We have, again, we have enough problems getting legitimacy for sports betting. This is like, you know, I, I look at this and I'm like, why are, why are we doing this? Why are we having this discussion about somebody who's also a payday lender being a sports book? Like I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with any of us. I think that this is, this is taking place yeah. in Tennessee and hopefully they figure it out. And Adam, this is really the only state that we've, you know, since we've been really covering this and talking about, you know, any, any, anybody that gets licensed in these different states, like this was really the only state that had one that had a company that got licensed where we had to go and do real research and figure out who they were and what was, what it was all about. I mean, pretty much all these other states, when it comes through, it's, it's at least some company that we've heard of before. Right. I mean, you look at New Jersey and there are some sports books that are small European sports books that we're kind of looking in and we're like, hold on, wait a second. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get a big business over, uh, over in the EU. Great. Um, but then we looked at this action company and we said, okay, you're a payday lender who wants to open a <laughs> sports book. Um, I would suggest anybody who's interested in knowing uh, how this might have happened. I'm not telling you this is why it happened. Correlation is not causation, but uh, campaign finance donations would be a very interesting thing to look up in this situation. First place to start anyway, a good place to start whenever you want to do your research. Uh, Dustin, let's talk, you know, we just talked about MGM and we said that there was you know, yeah, pr- pretty promising numbers for them coming out of Michigan. I think also as well with that is for us to look at and say, again, we were kind of going back to the retail thing in, in Vegas. Well, look, they just built a big brand new casino up there and it's all shiny. And certainly, you know, it hasn't had the f- type of foot traffic and, and everything over the last year. So maybe there's get gr- uh, ground to be gained from that aspect as well from BetMGM. Once people get, you know, more comfortable going out in public, traveling, doing a little bit going to this big casino up there and stuff. So uh, there was some stuff came come out of their uh, in uh, earnings call for us. It's funny. I used to listen to these earnings calls, hoping for like a sliver, a sliver of sports mm-hmm. betting or online casino news. Now it's like the main thing they talk about because this is again, this is their growth area, MGM especially. So they they reported they closed twenty twenty uh, with more net revenue than they had projected, one hundred seventy eight million. That is obviously not profit. They are spending a crap ton of money to to get to that number, but um, you know they're they're showing growth and, and being faster. They are put, positioning themselves again as, as saying they're number three, basically behind. A DraftKings and FanDuel with the numbers that they're sharing. And that's pretty obvious until somebody comes along and says, says otherwise, or Barstool gets into more states. But uh, MGM, you know, reasserted in this, in this earnings call that it's important to be live in, in states. They are, uh, you know, getting live in any state as, as quickly as they can. They're obviously there in day one in, in Michigan and uh, saw that in Tennessee, they were early, they were one of the early operators and have a, have a meaningful amount of revenue coming out of Tennessee. So all, all of this point, to you know MGM, you know we we know this that MGM is uh, banking on on sports spending and increasingly even online casino with Michigan opening up to online casino and online gambling is a big part of what MGM is going going to do f- uh, moving forward and uh, it's coming out even in its year end earnings calls as they you know push push that growth segment as as the casino uh, retail casino industry kind of bounces back. And Adam, if we're going to talk about, you know, the 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 bad things with some of these companies and the apps and the functionality for things like that, we should also talk about the good things as well. And when steps are taken in the right direction and, you know, listen, is it still is it is it the best app on the market? It's not. But uh, BetMGM did release a new app for the people of Nevada. They also which I sent a text to you and said, can you even believe this? I'm actually getting 
promos sent to my phone now here in Nevada, which has never happened ever before in the history of time, where it is like, you know, like we see in every other state in the union and MGM looks like it looks like maybe they're going, huh, this is working for us in other states. Maybe we should do the state that we don't do it in for whatever reason. So listen, we got to give credit where credit's due. And they did, they did upgrade their app and they did uh, add a few offerings, still not the offerings we get for the rest of the country for whatever reason, I don't know, but, and, uh, but we are getting promos as well. So listen, when a step in the right direction anyway. Yes. A step in that direction, potentially countered by making it more difficult to log into said app. However, <laughs> a step. It is. It is there. There, there we, if you're, if you're listening to this facial recognition or thumbprint recognition, uh, bet MGM app, that's uh that should be on the, yeah, that should be on the thing there typing in a long password that has to have upper and lowercase and numbers as well. Every single time, not great, especially when you're trying to live bet on your app. So just, uh, a little word of advice right there. Uh, Adam, so talking about these like, you know, local and it's not really local anymore. They have they, they are in other markets, specifically Colorado. But uh, we know the Westgate Superbook is one of the you know more popular books due to the super contest that they have run for several years, which was probably until Circa came along the most prestigious contest. I think Circa's probably kind of usurped them already for that. But uh, Barstool and Superbook are butting heads. And it's not like we had to do investigative journalism to figure this out. Uh, All we had to do was go to Dave Portnoy's Twitter, um, which, by the way, should come with its own disclaimer warning if you're going to go into that world. But uh, yeah, Dave Portnoy posted a cease and desist letter sent by Westgate's Las Vegas lawyers to Barstool Sportsbook saying that they were infringing on a trademark and Okay, that seems like a legitimate concern. And then you look at what the trademark is. And the trademark is a phrase that I think we've probably all heard. Good teams win, great teams cover. Who knew that Westgate had gone and trademarked that phrase as early as 2008? Uh, They had trademarked it. And then in 2012, we're actually granted that trademark. Um, Portnoy posted on his Twitter like, oh, well, it's obvious, you know that we're, you know, that, that we're getting their attention and there's no way they actually could have trademarked this. It's like saying you trademarked the question mark. Well, I guess we'll have to look up who trademarked the question mark because <laughs> apparently there was a trademark on this phrase. Uh, it's the second letter sent by Westgate. So we don't know if Barstool will take it at all seriously. But, uh, you know, we asked Penn National, the parent company of Barstool Sportsbook for comment. And the comment we got back from Penn National was that the tweet speaks for itself. Okay, so so it does. Um, You know, Westgate, as you mentioned, is making an impact in Colorado and for as old school as they build themselves. Right. They talk about the old school experience. Uh, Go look at the Superbook USA Twitter right now and you will see that they're advertising the odds boosts and promos that they're running in Colorado. (laughs) Eventually, everyone sees what you have to do to compete in these other states. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is certainly night and day when it comes to where they were even a year ago when uh, all of this stuff, Adam, it is. It's pretty funny to take a look at. Dustin, uh, our friends up north, and this is something we've talked about a few different times here on the pod in various ways, because there is sports betting in Canada. It's all no single game. You have to do parlays and all that. And it's kind of gray area. If you want to bet in some of these other places, it looks like maybe we are headed toward finally getting real established legalization up there. Yeah, I'll, I'll first of all, before you listen to me talk, I'll point you to a great 
uh, summation of what's going on in Canada by our legal expert, John Holden, who's been following this, uh, really takes you through the legislative process, which is new to all of us uh, mm-hmm. a little bit as, as as Canada has really gotten dug its heels into sports betting. But suffice to say, there's two bills. One passed uh, a second reading uh, this week. Another one is up for a vote as soon as tomorrow and debate tomorrow. Um, the the then this is not a final vote of what's going to happen in Canada. But if if this gets to the final stages, a third reading and a vote, that would mean for either of these bills that the, the prohibition on on sports single game sports wagering in Canada would be gone. Which is basically what was the the outcome of the 2018 Supreme Court case. Here is that the, the ban was gone, and then and then the provinces are are then free to to start working on sports betting as they see fit. So we, we see, we see a lot of, we're seeing a lot of momentum for this. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, it, a lot of things can still go wrong as in any legislative process, but things are trending positively in Canada for this all to come together. And uh, yeah, I mean, sort of, you know, sort of saying it's going to happen. It's things are trending positively and we, we may have before the, you know, for too long, this bit, this prohibition on single game wagering will be gone in Canada. Talking about another company, Canadian-based, they were launching, they did launch over in New Jersey, and we were wondering the impact that they would have, talking about the score here, never really came around to making any sort of impact in the New Jersey sports betting market, Dustin, because... I think they were a little too cocky in this whole thing. They came in, we're like, ah, we're not going to do advertising and we're not going to (laughs) do deals with other sites and we're not going to work with anyone because we're the score. And it's like, yeah, you know, I get it. Uh, You know, uh, that mentality, but it doesn't necessarily really translate over here in, in America, despite the fact that the app is quite popular, never really has translated uh, to, to them making any sort of noise whatsoever. And uh, recently here, there were some, acquisition talks even kind of going on about the score yeah the score uh we can talk about what's going on with them they yes you're right they have they have definitely underperformed the u.s at least versus what they have have they've talked a big game but have not really delivered on you know new jersey getting live there and are, are certainly nothing more than a niche player in that market so uh but you know with all this talk of legalization they are a canadian brand uh Traded traded in Canada, they their stock has gone up six hundred percent, and just uh, they were trading well under a dollar. Now we're four dollars, uh, so people are looking at that and saying the score is uh, you know has a built in advantage in Canada again. Whether that that plays out or not remains to be seen. But yes, they've been also the target the the, the, the talk of speculation in the M and A world that somebody you know based on one their media presence, two their their presence in Canada, and and perhaps a little bit of an advantage in serving markets up there that they're going to be an M and A target uh the the ceo of the of the score did not was was coy did not can't you know obviously can't say yes we're going to be acquired mm-hmm. but they, right, right, you know right. that's part of that's part of what they're <laughs> you know but they're, they're you know it, it has helped the stock this you know between mm-hmm. legalization in canada and you know this the speculation about mna it's really it's really helped them so you know we would I be surprised if the score is acquired sometime later this year? Absolutely not. Uh, but we, we don't know who and we don't know exactly when that might happen. But, you know, you're looking to get a foothold in, in Canada. This seems like it might be a smart play. And we've seen all these media deals. The score is a, a, a media play as well. So lots to make sense if you're a, if you're a gaming company or somebody who wants to get into sports betting in Canada and and propel propel yourself with a media brand as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I. I Canada going live is is certainly a, 
it's certainly fun to think about. And we know that there's a lot of people who are interested in, in doing gaming up there and gambling up there. And um, Adam, whenever we take a look, though, it is only about the size of California, the entire country. So, right. So like when we when we hear about the score getting getting acquired, if this were to come to fruition, it might not be a number that just absolutely blows us away like we've seen with some of these other deals that have happened in the States. Because, again, like, you know, the, the population of the entire country is that of what we have, you know, a few miles down the road here in California. Yeah, the more you look at this entire situation, the more if you've been following this space, especially over the last 12 to 18 months, you come away thinking the only logical conclusion is for this company to be acquired. Um, and they just had their shareholders vote on a dual listing uh, so they could be listed uh, on the U.S. market as well. That seems to me to be largely a play to get them a valuation that's going to attract somebody uh, to jump in there and grab them. You know, the popular rumor that we heard was DraftKings because DraftKings was uh, obviously we saw with expanding that NFL deal they have into Canada uh, a little bit more more aggressively. Um, we talked to some folks about that. It, it it might not be as hot a rumor as we initially thought. But again, the more you line this up, you see the underperformance in New Jersey. Uh, they did just launch in Iowa. So they are trying to take the company and go a little farther and maybe do a little more proof of concept in a market not as competitive as New Jersey. But uh, yeah, the more you look at it, the more you, you think that this company with that user base that they have from the media app just seems ripe for some operator who has proven to be a little bit better at conversion to come in and grab. And I'll come, I'll come back to the population for one second before we move on. And yeah. yes, Canada is a small, small, obviously fairly small country, but Ontario is the place that's most likely to go live first. That yeah. would be bigger than any state in the U S that yeah. has actually already gone live. 14 million people, Illinois, just under 13 million people. So this is, it's a big deal, you know, yeah. as we look at incremental growth in, of, of the North American market and, you know, everything else is, is smaller compared to, to that. But, you know, Ontario opening up would be, you know, the equivalent of opening up one of the bigger, bigger, any big state that's bigger than what we have currently for the U.S. for a legal sports online sports betting market. Adam, uh, somebody is somebody's not playing nice to one of your freedom of information requests. I actually could expand that to more than a few people are not playing nice with multiple freedom of information <laughs> requests that we've put in over the last few months. Uh, hello, Illinois. But uh, yeah, this one in particular is out of New Jersey. So we talked right here on the podcast about a bulletin that was put out last month by the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement, essentially warning operators saying that they had had complaints from customers about some shady practices with people who were trying to get their money out, uh, that folks who were trying to withdraw from certain sports books were being encouraged to keep their money in. In some cases, were even being given bonus offers uh, on that money to try to keep it in. That is not a practice that should be anywhere near a regulated market. That is the entire purpose of regulation is to keep things like this from happening. Now, what that bulletin didn't say was what uh, what operators did customers say this was happening from? Um, and it seems to us that for the benefit of everyone out there, it should be a little clearer as to who is doing this because there is no disinfectant better than sunlight. So uh, our Brad Allen put in multiple Freedom of Information Act requests, which at this point have been denied, uh, saying that it could cause undue harm to certain operators because uh, of they were named in these complaints, which would seem to me to suggest if we were to do a little bit of extrapolation that either an investigation is ongoing 
or an investigation uh, maybe hasn't turned up everything that was initially claimed. But in any case, uh, we're still trying to find out more about what's going on there. You don't think that maybe they are being a little bit biased because it is Brad that's putting these in and his devilish good looks and that sexy British accent that maybe is turning these people off, right? Um, I mean, I'm beguiled by him on a regular basis, but uh, yeah. maybe it's just because it's a Brit and they fear the tyranny of the crown. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just I mean, listen, you, you, you see a picture of that guy and then you get the accents that go along with it. And it's just it is. Ga- it's game over. Right. I mean, when we're talking there, about there's Brad a reason Allen. we call him Mr. Braddy big time. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, D- Dustin, you're a guy that has uh, put in some some Freedom of Information Act requests before in your day. Uh, how how often have you run into people being very resistant to want to give you the information you are searching? It depends on what you're searching for and who you're mm-hmm. c- contacting. It's you know it, it's maybe not surprising. I, I'm with Adam. I'm hoping this means there's still an ongoing investigation, mm-hmm. and if there's somebody was actually doing this that will come out because it does need to come out that this, like if somebody was breaking, really breaking regulations in New Jersey, we want, and we want to, and this means again, I think we said this in the last time we talked to this in the podcast, this means it's happening in other markets. It means it's not, it can't be just, just New Jersey. If you're doing this one place, you're doing it multiple places. And this kind of thing needs to stop. And uh, we, we just need better out of the regulated market. We're again, mm-hmm. we're here being proponents of the regulated market. We need this stuff to, to stop. If, if we're going to be, you know, if we're, we, have, we talk about all these things that are, that turn into, that could turn into bad things for the industry and slow us, slow it down and just, you know, just be a bad news for us in general. Cause you know, the, the difference in the regulated market is being better than the offshore market. And if we see a, a, examples of that happening, then, you know, what are we doing here? That's the, the point of the regulated market is then usurped pretty easily. So we, we hope that this comes out. Uh, yeah, I don't I, you know, it really depends on the FOI request, where where you're doing it, what you're asking for here. I think we made a reasonable request. It's it's a shame that we didn't get it, but I do hope it will come out eventually. What what is going on in New Jersey? Guys, as always, every single thing we talk about here on the pod, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. So please go over there and give some love to all the great work that is getting done over there. And again, if you are listening to this on the website, you'd like this delivered directly to your podcasting host of sort of of choice, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and Google. Go in, subscribe, rate, review. It'll be pushed to you every single time. That we go live. If you want to follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Candy, that is two E's, no Y at Dustin Galker for Dustin. And I gave it to you at the top of the show. You don't need mine yet again for Dustin for Adam. I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 